Hey everyone, welcome back to the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. I've got a great guest today, Luis Sanchez. He's the founder and head roaster at Ascento Coffee Roasters, a nano roastery in the Bay Park neighborhood of San Diego. I've known Luis for at least five years, but I learned so much more about him in this interview. Luis is someone that I would see at Coffee Cycle during that first year the shop was open. Every day I was there, Luis would be there. And I was there almost five days a week, either working or just drinking coffee to get ready for my day. One of the great things about Luis is his ability to immediately connect with people. He has a unique ability to quickly figure out what someone is passionate about and make a connection with something he's passionate about, and then that conversation is off to the races. He also loves coffee. You'll learn in this interview about his roundabout world-traveling route into the coffee world, and despite his self-deprecating take on it, I know how hard he has worked to get to this point. He was always hustling, is always hustling, always practicing, always asking for feedback, and always exploring everything the San Diego coffee community has to offer. Just take a look at his Instagram, at ascento.coffee.roasters, and you'll see as many photos of him out at other coffee shops and roasters as his own. And he always has a smile on his face. You can tell even when he's wearing a mask. You'll find links to his Instagram and more in the recap to this episode on RoastWestCoast.com. I hope you're as excited about this show as I am. And if you're as excited about it as Luis is about coffee, well, I think this show's going to make it. So fill your coffee mug because it's time for the show. And this interview with self-proclaimed tropical animal Luis Sanchez of Ascento Coffee Roasters. It's great to see you, Luis. Uh, welcome to the Roast West Coast Podcast. Thank you, Ryan. I'm glad to be here. It's awesome. I feel like a very important person now. <laughs> I feel like an important person. You're the one who started your own roastery. Oh, man, I was uh, I was lucky with that, I have to say. You were lucky. How's that? Po- I- I've known yeah. you for a couple of years now, and you have been wanting to start a roastery since I've known you. When you were yes. you were bringing in samples of stuff you were roasting on your own time, you were working at uh, S- uh, Swell Coffee, right? Yeah. Back then. So I-, I doubt that it's luck. I know there was a lot that went into it. But before we get to all that, Luis uh, Sanchez, you're the owner and uh, head roaster at Ascento Coffee Roasters, right? Yes. Yes, I am. Who are you? What's your background? Uh, the people that are listening don't know you um, the way that I that I know you, at least. Yeah. You know, where did you come from? Um, how did you end up in San Diego? How'd you get your start? What's your story? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, as you say, my name is Luis Sanchez. And, uh, well, I'm uh, from Mexico. Well, Mexican-American. I was born here in Missouri. Uh, my father was doing his uh, medical residency in Missouri. Went down back to Mexico, married my mom, came back. I popped out here. And then he had the opportunity to go back to Mexico and started his own uh, practice with the help of, of my granduncle. So we went back to Mexico. So basically, I have an accent because I grew up in Mexico. And uh, yeah, it's a Mexican accent every, uh, besides the white looks that uh, deceive everyone, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I wasn't like in the beginning, like, uh, like everyone else, just like, uh, you know, went to elementary grew up in mexico got the accent um what else uh, did uh, my uni degree uh it was in uh, business and international business 
And uh, I started like, well, I also wanted to travel, but, uh, and my idea was just like uh, getting hired in a company that where I could travel everywhere, right? Well, that didn't happen pretty much. I paid all, for all my traveling. And then, uh, uh, then was I wanted always to get out of Mexico, just like experience something else. And uh, that led me to study a master's degree abroad. I applied for different schools in the States uh, and Europe and uh, in Australia. And uh, in the end, I got the acceptance letter from uh, the University of Technology in Sydney. So I sold everything, like apartment, car, everything, and just like head down to Australia and see what happened. Yeah. So during that time, I was working for uh, my local football club called uh, Gallos Blancos. Well, it's soccer and uh, in sales and uh, operations. So I wanted what I wanted to do. It was just grow within the business. And uh, my master's degree was in sports management. So when I get to Australia, I uh, I tried everything just to get back into sports and everything because I was studying and uh, there was uh, people needed me like long, like more. They needed more time of me or demanded more time from me and uh, in the sports industry there. I ended up starting just like working in a in a espresso bar that was called Pasta Roma. And uh, it was, uh, the owner was an a Uruguayan Australian called Carlos Consentino. And uh, he was, uh, when I met him, he was uh, the runner-up. Like uh, two con- for two consecutive years of the barista of New South Wales, so he was he. I'm mean, like he knew a lot about coffee, and uh, he was just like he was a machine. I'm like I was impressed how he just like worked behind the bar and uh, how good his latte art and everything was. So he started uh, teaching me and showing me the ways of the espresso. <laughs> so <laughs> at that time, I'm talking about 2005. No, I'm sorry. 2006. There was there was not that many uh, specialty coffee shops uh, in the, like anywhere, right? Especially in Australia, it was just like something that was just like being uh, created. And uh, so Carlos was uh, using Lavazza, which in in terms of like uh, maybe it's not the best coffee, but it's a uh, it's a cons- it's a consistent coffee. Mm-hmm. You always get the same quality, the same flavor. You will not get any surprises unless they send you like a premium roast or a different thing that, or a blend or things like that. But anyway, Carlos uh, showed me how to be a, a barista. And then uh, I was like a junior partner for his coffee. So that was my first experience there. And uh, funny thing, uh, the people that were just like uh, going over to Carlos Espresso Bar, when I was in training, when they see me like behind the, the espresso machine, they will ask for a long black or a drip coffee because they didn't want to make uh, like, uh, me to make them their cappuccinos or lattes because <laughs> they didn't trust me. So I lasted like that like six months <laughs> since the, since like yeah until I was uh, someone was brave enough to give me a go and then it's like from then on it's like I fall in love with espresso, uh, yeah with coffee in general. But especially with espresso, and uh, another well, point was just like the first time, like um, well, my early memories of uh, coffee was my parents drinking coffee, 
and greeting, I uh, have to greet them in the mornings or something after drinking coffee. It's just like that coffee bread that always killed me. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. I couldn't stand coffee bread. And I, I, now I live off of it. So that's just like, that's awesome. <laughs> I actually, the first espresso that I tried, it wasn't at Pasta Roma. A friend of mine who was Italian, she uh, once made a mocha pot. Like, you, you know, those little Bialetti things. And uh, she gave me an espresso shot. And uh, I saw that she was pouring sugar, like, just like if it was just like, I don't know, a competition of drinking sugar. It's like, well, that shouldn't be like that. You have to taste the coffee as it is, right? Yeah, I got like one sip and I said like, yeah, pass me the sugar. Yeah. So I just did that. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a, it was a, yeah, it's an acquired taste. Yeah. It's definitely, it's an acquired taste. So after that, I started like uh, working in the sports and I just leave uh, coffee alone for several years. And then I moved to the, back to the States from Australia and uh, I started working for Swell uh, Coffee Company. And uh, as you said, like uh, in the beginning, I was just like, uh, I was just like uh, being a helper. Well, uh, and I to, to the roaster sometimes, but mostly I was behind the, the machine, the espresso, the espresso machine. Because I'm mean, like, uh, I, I enjoy that part. It's just like a very social thing for me. And uh, mm -hmm. well, coffee is a very social thing for me. And uh, yeah, I, uh, that's how I started uh, espresso here in uh in the States, in San Diego, particularly. So why did you choose to come back to San Diego from Australia? What, what brought you here? Well, my family, my family is still in Mexico. So I spent nine years in Australia, in Australia. And, uh, basically I needed just like, uh, I felt like it was a right time to just come and try it, but I didn't want to live in Mexico. I just wanted to be closer to my family mm -hmm. as well, but I didn't want to live in Mexico. So I ended up here in, uh, in California, first in, uh, in Northern California, in San Jose. And then I came down to San Diego because I'm like, uh, I was coming from, when I moved from Sydney, it was winter there. And when I arrived to the States, it was the beginning of winter. So I had like six months of winter and I hated it. It's like, I just can't stand it. Like, uh, I'm a tropical animal. So when I came to San Diego, it was the beginning of the spring and it was just like the sky was blue. It was warm. I was uh, having a coffee at the uh, Bird Rock Coffee Roasters in La Jolla. And uh, yeah, uh, I said, like, this is my city. I have to I have to be here. So I went back to uh, San Jose, grabbed my stuff and drove down and never looked back. I love San Diego. It's great. That's a wild story, Luis. I, I mean, I. I've known you a long time, well, a long time, four or five years, but I didn't know any of that. Yeah. Uh, that's incredible. So you come back, you are working as a barista for Swell, and you start helping out with the roasters just on the side when they need somebody, extra hands, it sounds like. When did you start thinking, you know what, I want to learn how to do what they're doing too? Well, uh, I, I've uh, worked in the production facilities before. I was a, a manager for... Uh, Mars back in Mexico for the chocolate uh, co-packing plant. So I like the the production side of the stuff of the of the business, and it's kind of like the operations. That that's what I like. So when I was looking and watching and learning how they roasted and everything, I I, I thought it was more interesting, just like that part, like uh, from 
everything from just like roasting the, well, receiving the green beans, roasting them, packing them, shipping them. I like the whole process more than I was just like uh, liking the pulling shots. At one point, it was just for me, it was just like, well, I would just like, I would like to stay in coffee, but I want to just like move on towards that area, that section of, of the business. And so, swell, I mean, like, uh, eventually they began to have like a lot more work and uh, they hired a person like it was dedicated for like as, a, as an aide for the roaster. And I was a little bit disappointed because of that, but also, well, they promote me for like uh, to be like a supervisor or operations manager. Well, operations supervisor for the for the coffee shops. So that was that was cool. But I still wanted just to keep on going with uh, with the roasting. So any every time I I had a chance to talk to a roaster, I would sit down and ask questions and uh, ask if I could just like join. But because like. Sometimes I'm like this. It's a, it's a very inclusive uh, industry, and there everyone is really friendly, and it's like uh, and there's kind of like no secrets. But sometimes it just like was like uh, a little bit difficult to just like uh, jump from one company just to be just like watching them how do they, they do things and go go back to my company just just like uh, to work. And then it's probably some people would might say like, well, if you are working with us, we'll show you everything. But because you are not working with us. We're afraid that you might just like take some of our blends, recipes, or ways of working, right? So you're learning um, as much as you can. Eventually, you leave Swell or Swell closes. I can't. I'm not sure which which happened. Yeah. Uh, what what happened after that? Before you end up where you're at now? After like uh, Swell began to have problems, and uh, I I found a job with uh, some friends of mine at uh, Global Coffee Training. Uh, through Vanessa Corrales, who is the owner of Split Bakehouse. She told me uh, from a guy that used to work with Chris, Pablo Lara, who was uh, one of the supervisors there uh, at Bird Rock, that he was just like uh, working for this uh, company, Global Coffee Trading, and they were looking for a sample roaster. And I said, like, this is it. This is uh, what I need to do. That's that's my, my uh, foot on the door. So... I just rocked up uh, one day and I met the guy that was just like, was going to be my, my trainer, who is a Guatemalan called uh, Jorge de Leon. And Jorge was, uh, or is, well, I think it, it, he was the youngest uh, person to have uh, become a Q grader in the world. So in terms of like cupping coffee, roasting coffee, he had a lot of experience. So, and he was just like happy that me just like, I just propped up without like uh, kind of like an interview, just showing interest because he kind of like tried to just like get set up uh, interviews with some other people and they didn't even show up or they, they started just like telling him off of things that uh, were just like, uh, as if they, they knew like, or they were gurus of coffee to this guy. And he said like, well, arrogance is not one thing that I want to just like deal with. So I show up there and it's like, well, I'm here to learn, Nate. So <laughs> just like fire away. So yeah. what do I need to do? Or who do I have to kill or something? It's like, let's, <laughs> let's get it. <laughs> I just want to roast coffee and learn how to do it. Learn how to do it the best exactly. I can. Exactly, exactly. So I just started like, he, he started showing me and uh, it was cool because in that company, there was just like uh, five, uh, there were, no, there were 
yeah, there were four other Q graders besides Jorge, and like three of them were roasters from before. So I was getting information from like, uh, or the, I was able to just like uh, get uh, knowledge from all of them. They show me like when I made a mistake in my roasting, they would just like, uh, we will go through my notes and everything. And they would say like, well, this, this was the reason that uh, this, your coffee got burned or you're uh, under roasted and stuff like that. And it's just like, uh, because you are always learning how to use the, the roasters or, or the little sample roaster or the big roaster or anything, you just have to calibrate yourself. And then there's a point in which you actually just like begin to understand the, how the machine works perfect or, 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 or as, as good as you can. And, uh, and then you are being able to just like actually work it as it, at its full potential. Yeah. It's kind of like a flow between you and the machine where, you understand what is going to happen when you, you you understand the end result. You've practiced enough and you've gotten your time in that you know that if I do this, it's going to do this. And, and you yeah, kind of become exactly. one with your machine. I mean, it sounds like a great opportunity and you're learning and you're doing this thing that you wanted to do. Why why decide to open your own coffee shop or your own coffee roastery and, and shop? Well, I was, I was helping other roasters just to roast their... their uh, and cop their, their espressos, uh, well, Achilles and, uh, Yont and, uh, well, global coffee trading as well. And it was just like, uh, I, I got tired of working for the man. <laughs> Literally. I was just like, I had enough. Like, I, I wanted just like, not, not to call the shots, but I wanted just like, uh, be able to just like, uh, be, let's say free in a way. Right. I didn't know. I mean, like I, I wasn't thinking it, uh, things way through because I'm like, now I'm chained to the, to, to the roastery and the, and this, and the, and the show. <laughs> well, that's, that's part of the, of the show. And, uh, but yeah, that's, it was basically because I, 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 I just got tired, right. And just for working for someone else. And, uh, in, the, in a way, Acento, it's, it's small or it's a nano roaster. And it gives me the chance to do both things, uh, the production side of it, and also just like uh, be on uh, in the mornings, just like uh, serve that, the coffee that I I roasted, and also just like do the social part of it. So that's that's what I like. Yeah. What does accento mean? Accento means accent. So I have an accent. You have an accent. The coffees uh, have their own accent. Some people call them profiles. Some people call them uh, notes. So I just, or profiles. So I just started calling them accents. So when you get a bean from Acento or come here to try our beans, I would tell you, well, the accent of a Mexi- of our Mexican bean is Baker's chocolate, cherry, and uh, brown sugar. And, uh, and that's what is Acento. Yeah. It become a center because of the accents of the coffee. I've been watching. Obviously, you you opened up in the last year when COVID was wreaking havoc and on businesses and you know people going out and, and doing all that stuff. It, it seems like you already have kind of a following. You kind of have like a motorcycle vibe going on in your in your yes. social media. Is that uh, and you're in Bay Park? Uh, you're in the Marina District, which is kind of near yes. Bay Park. Yes. How did that all come to fruition, and where did where did the vibe of your of your roastery come from? Well, I uh, 
I'm a rider, I'm a surfer, I'm a footballer, but above all, I'm a coffee lover. So, and they just, I just want to create a space for, for everyone that's like riders, regardless of what they rode, like uh, bicycles, tricycles, motorcycles, uh, scooters, just like come on over and uh, yeah, let's create this vibe together, right? Or these, uh, this community. So to the surfers or the footballers, in terms of footballers, it can be any type of football, American, soccer, rugby, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, yeah, I have like, uh, I love motorcycles. As I say, like I, I ride myself and every time there's, uh, riders around, I take pictures of them and just like, uh, upload it, especially like, uh, coming over to a center. It's like, I'm just excited. And, uh, the guys from Triumph San Diego, which are up the, up the road for me, like maybe three blocks, they've been uh, telling, uh, well, recommending uh, our shop to, to their, uh, customers. And uh, several have come, and so it's it's just exciting seeing uh, the motorcycle riders coming over. And then uh, I made uh, become good friends with uh, cyclists. Not only I mean like Chris from Coffee Cycle, but there's a, a group called Pedals and Pints, and Dave uh, is one of his uh, members. And uh, he was like uh, he actually brought them over, so. They started like uh, they still. I mean, like they were starting their some of their rides from here, from outside from Asento, and it was exciting just seeing so many people just joining uh, like the group and it's like oh, so many cyclists. Sometimes they leave like twenty, I think, as the maximum I counted at the moment. But it's exciting to just like see them just like coming over, have a coffee. They're chatting. They're all happy. They're all just like uh, ready to go, all very uh, caffeinated, and just like watching them go. It's just like awesome. It's just like, and being just like part of that community, I, I love it. Well, and, and you are part of that community. One thing I've always appreciated about you is you you have no hesitation and a willingness to talk to anyone that happens to be around. I've seen you like walk into a shop and, in, and within minutes have five different conversations going with different people about different <laughs> things. And you somehow manage to keep that all, uh, keep it all straight. So it's been kind of exciting to see from afar uh, what you've been doing. How hard was it to get the the roastery open uh, during during the pandemic? I mean, did that was that how did that impact you? I guess was it in ways you expected, or was it harder, easier than you thought? I I want to say I I, I was just lucky because uh, where Asento is, uh, there was a previous coffee shop called uh, Claro Coffee, and it belonged to Made Lumber who now are my uh, my landlords and uh, I'm friends as well, like they're really cool people. And uh, But they decided to shut down Claro after like, I think it uh, traded for almost a year before the pandemic and then uh, came the pandemic and they decided just to shut down operations and not to reopen it. Like uh, they were hesitant in the beginning and then just like they, at some point they decided that uh, they had to shut it down completely. And uh, we have a friend in common, and uh, he's a contractor. I was uh, I called him once because I was looking for a for a space, and I took him over to Hancock Street to see some uh, warehouses. And uh, I asked him like, how much work would it cost me just to kind of like set it up and just like get it uh, like uh, transform him in, into a coffee shop or a, or a roastery. And he told me about like, hey, I have these friends. Uh, 
that uh, they have like an artsy fartsy cafe, <laughs> and uh, I said like, uh, and they shut it down. And maybe you just have go have a look at it, and then I'll introduce you to them if you want, if you feel like it's a, uh, if you like it. But by the time he gave me an estimate, and I was just like uh, crunching the numbers, and and he told me about like, well, where was it? I came and looked at it, and I loved it. I'm like, uh, fortunately, you you haven't seen it in person, but if you seek uh, pictures, like, well, you've probably seen my Instagram. But if you look at Claro Coffee or search out for Cla- or Google ClaroCoffee.com, you'll see what it was before. It was a designer coffee shop. It was beautiful. And they name it Claro because uh, Claro is an endemic wood to California. And uh, many of the furniture that uh, was inside the coffee shop was made out of Claro. So that's why they decided to name it Claro. So as I said, like, I was lucky because they shut it down. It was already set up. Everything was set up. I just have to just like, uh, well, when I meet, uh, when I met uh, Brian, the owner of, of the space and made lumber. And he was just like, uh, well, he was a partner there in the, like, well, like, I guess he was a majority partner. I don't know how to, how to call it. Like the big, the big dog. basically. Yeah. 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 He was, he was the guy. Yeah. He was the guy to talk to. And, uh, Lenny is my friend or or it's a friend in common that uh, he put us in contact. And, uh, Lenny told Brian about me. So I, I met him. I told, told him about the project and uh, they like it because I'm like, it's a, it's a lumber yard behind it. Like, so they make uh, wood, uh, well, uh, furniture, uh, chop wood, uh, everything. Next door is Death Brewery. So they brew their own beer and there's uh, mead, like a Lost Coast yep. Meadery is there as well. And there's a restaurant called, well, a little uh, pizza parlor called Cucina Caprese, which uh, has a uh, wood oven. So everything, everyone around here manufactures or creates or does something, like uh, or produces something. So when I told them about the project, they liked it, and uh, they, they gave me the green light. So it was really easy to move, move in because I didn't have to move, like, basically move a finger. I just have to bring up my, my equipment, and that was it. They, they took theirs, took a few benches out, so for me to set up the roaster when I when I got it and uh, yeah that was it. So in in terms of like uh, how hard it was, I won't say it wasn't that hard. I was lucky as well because uh, like uh, they wanted to get rid of uh, let's say the coffee cart because it's um, turning out of a, of a coffee cart even though it's indoors. It's kind of like Chris's, right? He moved his coffee cart into like a like a space. And uh, and I did the same thing. I just moved in a coffee into a coffee cart, and uh, and the roaster. I when I hooked it up, I made it propane. So if anything needs to be done, I can actually move the machine without any problems. And that was the last bit of a uh, piece of equipment that uh, I brought in. But literally, it was just like it was lucky. It wasn't that much of a. I didn't spend that much money. I mean, like I was like, I set up like I was under actually under the budget that I was expecting. So it was perfect. You know, it sounds like you're, you're telling me right now that it wasn't that hard, but it, it's also, it's been, you know, a decade or more kind of in the works of, of discovering coffee in Australia and moving back to the United States and working at Swell and practicing at 
practicing your roasting skills and you just happen to be in the right place at the right time. You know, it's, you, you knew the right person, all of those skills that you've been building and, and your willingness to talk to people, you know, brought you to this position where you're getting this opportunity, which is pretty cool. So you've kind of done, you're, you're there, you're open, you're roasting coffee. I'd love to have a coffee with you someday soon, but what are you, what are you drinking? What's the, what kind of coffee are you making at Ascento? What's your favorite uh, roast that you guys are producing? You know, if I were a new customer, what should I come in and order? Mm, well, the house drink is uh, the Fredo, that is a shot of espresso with a little bit of honey. I stir it, pour it over ice, shake it, and then serve it in a, in a eight ounce cup. So it's a cold drink. It's a shot of caffeine, and it uh, you can feel it kick in, and then the the, <laughs> the how do you call it the crash is just as bad. So I mean, like, I, it's a really enjoyable drink. Uh, I mean, like, I, I usually put a little bit of uh, sweetener on it, but uh, well, honey in this case. But you can have it without the honey. So by shaking it, it makes like the froth and uh, the melting of the ice with the coffee and the honey produces. It makes the froth kinds of uh big a little bit creamy so even though it doesn't have milk it feels like it has it feels like feels like it so my favorite roast i would say is uh, our house our house blend the idolo and uh, i call it the idolo because uh well idolo means idol so i was thinking of the, the wrestlers back in mexico so it's a Let's let's call it the, the people's champion. It's a little de la gente. So I mean, like I kept like I'll show you. I just need to make the. This is. Oh yeah, the uh, the luchador. The luchador, exactly. So I just need to make a a mask the, or a luchador kind of like a stamp or something for the for the idolo. That's the last thing that I need to do. I mean, like, I got the name and I got everything else, but I now I need just to do the luchador. I as I said, like I. Uh, I, I love our blend, but also our, our single origins are just as good uh, on its own, like the Salvadorian and the Ethiopian. They are beautiful coffees. I outsource some of them from uh, uh, Cape Horn Coffee, uh, Green Coffee Traders, and ICT. Sorry, no, ICT, Inter-American, where uh, one of my good friends works there, Pablo Lara. So they, they, they've been helping me just like choosing like the beans and all that. And also because I'm espresso bar or, or well, not, not me, Ascento is espresso bar. I mean, like I have to have like offerings of different coffees so people can just come in and just like try if you want an Ethiopian, a Gemini, or a Mexican, a Nicaraguan, you can get it as long as I... As long as I roast it, right? So, <laughs> but yeah, sometimes like like uh, last weekend, I had like maybe ten different uh, coffees on offering. So everything from decaf to the blend and everything in between. So I uh, I I try to just like get uh, as I said, like few different coffees, so people can actually come and just like try them. Well, you say that uh, it's not you. Ascento is the espresso bar, but Ascento is you, and you are Ascento. It's it's the same thing, you know. Without you, it, you know, Ascento doesn't exist. So yeah, well, yeah, true, true. <laughs> is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want people to know about about Ascento or about you or about what you guys have coming up? Well, it's it's just the fact that uh, as I I mentioned it before. I mean, like you come into Ascento. 
it's uh well that this is what my experience with the people uh that are that, that have come i think it's really cool that you can actually choose your the coffee that you want to try and i can just like make uh the the drink that you want to try without a specific coffee so they thought it was really cool and uh and also my menu is very simple everything is espresso based and uh i don't have that many sweeteners or or special beverages let's say like that let's put it like that like it's it's simple but it's just like for me it's, it's more about the coffee than the, whatever you mix the coffee with People have that have been coming over. It says like, well, do you have anything new? It's like, yeah, I have a Guatemalan coffee. It's like, but how about the drinks? It's like, yeah, it uh, it it can be a a latte, a cortado, a espresso shot, anything you want to be just like with the within the my offerings of of drinks or beverages, right? Based off espresso shot of the Guatemalan coffee. But yeah, I mean, like they, they, some people that are expecting more like, I don't know, this pumpkin spice lattes or the <laughs> nutmeg lattes. It's like, I mean, like I have a Starbucks up the road or, or Burbo Coffee Roasters. They, they'll cater for you for those things. But they are definitely me. It's just like, uh, it's very simple. Vanilla, mocha for the, well, chocolate for the mochas, uh, chai and honey cinnamon lattes. And, and that's it. And it's just like ice or hot. And that's it. But it's simple. Yeah, it's simple, and you let the coffee speak for itself. That still sounds like you got quite a bit. I mean, there's enough for everybody to find something. Yeah. I, I'm really just thrilled for you that this shop is up and running. I know it's something that you've wanted for a long time and that you've been working towards. I really appreciate you coming on the show and, and spending some time with me to talk about it. And I, I, I can't wait to tell people about it and get down there and see it in person myself. Yeah, I'm like, uh, come on over. Like, I, I'm, I'm just waiting for you, mate. I already get vaccinated, so hopefully you did too. So <laughs> you're just like, it's easier for you to come down here. I'm, I'm hopeful that by the time this airs, I'll have gotten uh, vaccinated, but not yet. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Very close. Okay, cool. Yeah, fingers crossed. It's great to see you, and uh, thanks for being on the show, bud. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me. It was exciting, and it was great to see you, Ryan. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Did you know The Voice of San Diego is the region's most popular public affairs podcast? Every Friday, hosts Scott Lewis, Andy Keats, and Sarah Libby break down the biggest news and the biggest moves in San Diego politics. It is a must-listen for local news nerds. Listen to The Voice of San Diego podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, including wherever you're listening to this show. But wait until this one is done. Now back to the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. At Asento Coffee Roasters, Luis keeps it simple. His focus is on the coffee. You almost always find a Mexican roast on the menu as a nod to his roots and the house Ethiopian blend El Idolo. Ask for either in the Fredo, and they'll know you're a local. It's a shot of espresso stirred with honey, then poured over ice, shaken not stirred bond style, and served cold in an 8-ounce glass. Be sure to follow at acento.coffee.roasters on Instagram, or head over to the shop in Bay Park. You'll recognize Luis right away due to his unique patois, and he'll be the one talking to everyone else, and I bet he'll find a way to connect with you too.
Luis mentioned that he worked under a Q grader at Global Coffee Traders. That term has come up in this show before, but I don't know that we've ever explained it fully. A Q grader is like a wine sommelier, but for coffee. The Q stands for quality, and that comes from the company that does the certifications, the Coffee Quality Institute. Q graders are trained extensively and intensively on the art of cupping or tasting for flavors, both good and bad, and for objective flavor concepts like sweetness. Remember that flavor wheel we talked about in season one? A Q grader is training to be able to taste all of those various flavors and so much more. They're also examining aromas, reviewing green and roasted coffees, examining body, identifying roasts that have been correctly roasted or not. It's an ordeal. The testing to become a certified Q grader takes only a week, but it is very intense. Some estimates put the number of applicants who pass at less than 50%, and less than 5% of those who do pass do so without needing to retest on at least one of the categories. Check out roastwestcoast.com for more Q grader details and links, as well as descriptions of some of the popular Aussie coffee drinks that Luis was making when he got his start on the espresso bar in Sydney. Thank you all for listening to the show today. Roast West Coast will be back on Friday with a new episode of Coffee Smarter featuring our friend Chris O'Brien, who digs into cold brews. To everyone who has been out advocating for this show, thank you. Telling a friend, convincing them to give this show a listen is the best way to support the show. Well, the second best way. You can also sign up for a paid subscription on roastwestcoast.com. The content is the same as the free one, but with opportunities to be a guest, get show callouts, or even some discounts and freebies as we go. Mostly it's just a sign that you're appreciating the show and want to hear and read more, like a tip at the coffee shop. Speaking of which, don't forget to check out this show's industry legacy partners, Marea Coffee, First Light Whiskey, Cape Horn Coffee Brokers, Leap Coffee, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, Steady State Roasting, Cafe La Terre, Coffee Cycle, and Mostra Coffee. A big thanks to Joe from Marea for the coffee sampler pack that showed up this week. I'm looking forward to digging into them. For anyone who listened to the recent Coffee Smarter episode, where Siri and I talked about caffeine, there was even a Lorena blend, which we learned on that show is naturally lower in caffeine. You will find links to all of the Roast Industry Legacy Partners right on the front of RoastWestCoast.com. That's it, everyone. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I've enjoyed sharing one more show with you today. I really appreciate you listening and learning more about coffee and the talented SoCal coffee professionals in this community. This episode of the Roast West Coast podcast was written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope this show has found you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity to make it through the day. And please, always be sure to drink good coffee.